Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Hear now the word of the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. This is our verse. It's brief. Let's read it again. We know it well. I think may the Lord bless us, I think, to know it a little better, especially in its context and its implication and application for us. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Thought of uh, coming to this text uh, to be a comfort to Mr. and Mrs. Raglan and Ms. Cervantes, uh, ready to bury their loved ones tomorrow. I think everyone mostly knows that uh, Debbie's brother, uh, Dan, and his son, Tim, died within 24 hours of one another. Uh, even, I think, we're in the same home for a brief time. And uh, not long before that, uh, the other... Uh, son lost his wife uh, to cancer, so that, that was a month or so ago, I believe, a couple of months now. And um, I'm also thinking and hoping that Ms. Fryery might be able to be participating through our, our online uh, streaming right now. I have her in mind. I think you know she uh, lost her sister, Rebecca. Uh, all uh, thankfully believers in Christ, so we have that hope. And I hope that this will be uh, hopeful, that it will be a blessing uh, of comfort. And of course, for all of us, I imagine all of us have gotten to the point in our lives uh, where we uh, know someone, a friend or a family member in heaven. And I hope that this will be an encouragement to you as you think of them and where they are and where we'll meet. I do want to ask you this question uh, to help us think about our text this evening and its context. Have you ever been to South Africa? Uh, I'm just speaking rhetorically. I'm pretty sure I picked places where the answer is no. <laughs> Have you ever been to Chile, South America? How about, I'm not talking about the restaurant. <laughs> Have you been to Nepal? How about Israel? I'm pretty sure the answer for all of you is no. But do you believe these places exist? And do you believe the people are actually living there, that there are people there actually living there at this moment. And how do you believe that? Well, reputable reports by others, right? It's not your own eyewitness account. It's not something you see. It's something that you believe based on the reputable report by others. And beloved, there is no more reputable report about a place where people are living than the Bible. God's true and living word. And the Bible spends extra time turning our attention to the place called heaven. We can't see it with photographs. We cannot observe it with video footage, nor of the people there. But we believe Jesus is there and they are there with him. We trust, we believe the testimony of Scripture and the Spirit to our spirits. It is a different dimension. I know the Scriptures speak about being, you know, above the heavens and all things. It seems to me it's some kind of a different dimension. And it is true that the angels somehow can cross over and minister to us. We see that in the Scriptures. And we've been talking recently in pastoral visits that as we think of our loved ones in the Lord near the end, it does seem to be they're aware of that dimension breaking open and the angels there ministering, something we can't see, but they can. 
because they're almost there. Jesus crossed over this dimension. The Son of God came from heaven into our world, into earth, took on humanity to save us so he can bring us through himself to heaven, body and soul. But we only go there, this place called heaven, that we don't see. We're putting all of our hope in. We only go there by death. We only go there when our eyes of physical sight close. Or should Christ return before that time and then we'll be transformed in the twinkling of the eye, as the scriptures say. Others deny this, though. Others deny that there is a heaven. A lot of people deny that there's an afterlife, let alone all the other things that scriptures teach. And even we can be discouraged about is heaven real with doubt. But it's not confirmed by earthly testimony. There's no way that we can have some way of seeing it for ourselves. Isn't that something we would love to be able to do, though? But we can't. You see, walking spiritually by faith in heaven transcends temporal sight on earth below. I give that to you as the main idea of this verse, although we'll, we'll unpack the context. Walking spiritually by faith in heaven transcends temporal sight on earth below. You need to have the eyes of faith informed by the scriptures, enlightened by the Holy Spirit. It isn't something we see or know truly otherwise. Walk by faith, not by sight, is actually talking about heaven. And that we believe in something we don't see. We just believe it. I think that's helpful to consider the context. Would you look with me at verses 1 through 6, leading into our verse? For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath has uh, excuse me now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing as God who also hath given unto us the earnest of the spirit therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body we are absent from the lord look now verse 8 we are confident i say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord That's the context of our verse. We walk by faith and not by sight. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They are very confident about heaven's reality. And thinking about it in terms of until the resurrection, when we get our bodies back, that there is this intermediate state uh, as we we talk about it, give give some definition and understanding of it. It's the same concept that Paul spoke about in Philippians chapter 1. Do you remember a while back, verses 21 to 23, he said what? To live is Christ, 
to die is gain. He says, you know, I'm, I'm a little confused how to decide. If I had to decide, I'd rather die. And remember, he's possibly going to be executed where he's writing in chains in Rome. He says, yeah, I, I'd rather just go be with the Lord. We know from other scriptures in Corinthians, somehow he's had some kind of experience. He says, I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body, but he's been to the highest heavens and he's seen it and he wants to go back. It's way better than here, right? But he says, I know for you, it's, it's better that I stay. But similarly here, it's better to be absent from the body and to be with the Lord. Now we know that and we say that at funerals and it's true. I don't know about you. I need help with my faith. I need to walk by faith, not by sight. Help me, Lord, to, to be able to internalize that more. We know it's true. But aren't we always praying for our loved ones that they wouldn't die? And aren't we usually asking for prayer that we wouldn't die? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We know that we are to, according to the Sixth Commandment, we're responsible to preserve our own life and the life of others. Nonetheless, we remember when it is the day appointed for us to die, according to Hebrews, it's a better place for the Christian. It's a better place for our Christian brethren who go before us. But how do we know this so confidently? Verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. How do we know all this? By faith. By faith. And we can pray, increase my faith, O Lord. Help my unbelief. But I believe it. It's true. This is not something that we can, we can prove. We just know that the Lord reveals this in his scriptures. So it is true. You know, we quote this so often, but we need to remember again its context. We walk by faith, not by sight. As we're walking through this world, trusting in the reality of heaven, it's a faith walk. It's not something we can see yet. Wouldn't that be easier if there were windows and we could see and we know we're coming soon? Oh, that'd be pretty great, wouldn't it? That'd be a lot easier. Well, then it wouldn't require a lot of faith. But God calls us constantly to what? To faith. It takes faith to believe in the truth of heaven and that Christians who have died are living there. And as I continue to bring you the word tonight, I want to encourage you to be thinking about your loved ones and their names and your relations to them as they are in Christ and embrace this reality to bless you by faith. This can comfort you as you miss your loved ones in Christ and you wish you could see them enjoying themselves with Christ in heaven. If you could just peek through and see it, oh, that would really give you peace. You only see it by faith, not by sight. You are not allowed to see this until the Lord brings you there yourself. But by faith, you can know this is true and be blessed. Sometimes perhaps you doubt that heaven is real, You doubt that your beloved in Christ are there. It's just hard to imagine, especially knowing their bodies are buried here. It's by faith you know this to be true. Faith in what God says in his scriptures about heaven. Perhaps you doubt or lose your hope because you cannot see it with your own eyes. This text says you see it only by faith, which is God's gift. Looking ahead to the final gift, heaven. When you miss 
your beloved in Christ. Recite this verse and be encouraged. Your faith is not in vain. Heaven isn't real. Yes, it is. Your friends and family that believed in Jesus who died, they're not, they're not anywhere. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. God tells the truth. And this is what God says. And the Spirit confirms it. Think of their faces. Think of their names. And beloved, think of their faces and their names when they were strong and healthy because that's how they are now. No longer burdened by their earthly body that needs to be resurrected into a spiritual body. And rejoice in this present reality that you can't see, but you can know is true. Rejoice. After all, 1 Thessalonians, or is it 2, forgive me, chapter 4, what is their concern there? What's going to happen to those of us who have already died in Christ? If Jesus Christ comes back soon, what's going to happen to those who are already dead? And the comfort is, no, no, no. They'll be coming with Jesus and then their bodies will be raised and they'll take their bodies and they'll actually meet Christ first in heaven and uh, in, the, in the sky and then you will, will come back down to judge the world. They'll be fine. They're already with Christ and they'll get their bodies again. This is a natural concern to have. Where is my loved one in Christ? Is it going to be all right? We need affirmation. We need encouragement about these things. And God gives it to us in many scriptures, but he also gives it to us here where we focus tonight. Rejoice because this is based on certainty. One day you will see them there yourself with your own eyes. And you will see with your own eyes Jesus Christ looking back at you with his own eyes. His human eyes. Now you see a hint of this in the story about Lazarus and the rich man. And I agree with my professor in seminary. I'm not so sure it's a parable in the sense of it not being true. I think it's a true story. I, think I, I agree with him. I think this is a parable, but it's actually sharing a reality, a crack into heaven to see how things are, and also as it relates to hell. We see Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16, 23 to 24. The rich man's in hell, and there's no getting out. He can see in the distance heaven, but he can't cross, he's told. There's no crossing. There's no relief to bring to him. It's done. It's over. This is not the final hell or heaven. This is the intermediate state before the last judgments and the bodies are raised. And those who are judged will go with their bodies to hell forever, not just their spirits. And those who are raised in Christ will go into heaven with their glorified bodies, not just their spirits. That's the hope of Christianity, the resurrection. But Lazarus is in heaven as it's called Abraham's bosom. And all the hard times he had in this life, now he has the glorious life, Abraham says. But he's conscious and he's observant now in heaven. We see this with Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. What do you mean? That's on earth. Yeah, but the glory of Jesus being God seems to come forth out of him. And then there is this heavenly moment where really the veil of of heaven and the dimension to heaven is opened. And who is he spending his time talking with? Moses and Elijah having a present conversation. Where are they? In heaven. 
That's in Matthew 17, verse 3. We see in Acts chapter 7, verses 55 to 56, we see a hint of this with Stephen. They're going to stone Stephen because as he says, you're just like your fathers before you, just as Jesus said in our text tonight in Matthew. And they're going to stone him. Why? Because he preached the truth. He told them the truth about themselves and they killed him for it because they don't want to hear what he has to say. They don't want to believe the scriptures and they don't want to believe about what that means about themselves and how they need to change. And so instead of changing, here's what happens when people don't want to change. As you heard in a sermon a little while ago, in a video sermon, kill the messenger. And so while they're about to kill him and they're stoning him, he looks up into heaven. And what does he see? Jesus. Now, here's what's really powerful to me. What is always said of Jesus in heaven? He sits at God's right hand on his majestic throne. That's symbolizing his authority. That's symbolizing the finality of his work to save you from hell and to give you eternal life. And yet, what is he doing when Stephen sees him? He is standing. How beautiful is that? He is standing up to show honor to one of his saints, and he is welcoming him into heaven. Before he's left, before he's completely gone, I think that's a fair place for us to look and consider our loved ones. We seem to observe that experience happening. But there's this place where Jesus is, and he's going there, and he goes there. He sees the Lord Jesus, he says. And then he says, Lord Jesus, take my spirit. For Jesus himself has gone there in our humanity. Luke 24, 51 and Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Remember, Luke says, and I have eyewitnesses of these things. This is what I'm giving you, eyewitness accounts. What did they observe at the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts? is told us the same story in different ways, in different details. They watched Jesus ascend up into heaven. And then in Acts, the angels say, what are you, what are you doing? He, he's up in heaven. He's going to come back from there with the angels on a cloud, just like he did before, but he's not right now. Go on. <laughs> but he says, he's going to come back from where he went. Where's that? Heaven. What we call, again, the intermediate state where the souls of the saints dwell with God until they Received their resurrected bodies on the last day. They already go to a higher place of glory, a more immediate place in the presence of God, but also with one another. It relates to the spiritual realm waiting to bring us to a new heaven on earth with our resurrected bodies on the last day. But they are conscious. And they are worshiping and they are enjoying this place with God. These things are true. We know by faith these things are true. We don't see it, but we know it's true by faith. For Paul states elsewhere, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then... Face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, just early, a bit earlier to our text tonight, Paul says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He gets into our verse tonight, talks about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, and we know this as we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, they were all praised for doing something for the Lord, suffering often greatly, even to the point of death for the Lord. Even says some of them were sawn in two. But they did and what they didn't, they faced what they faced. How? By Faith, faith in the future, faith in the future of Christ's kingdom that was not yet there for them to see. They were just pilgrims and strangers passing through the world. And it says the world was not worthy of them. And it is not because it's not worthy of Christ either. And he is going to take it all over and send them out. But they're waiting for something, just as it says Moses. He's waiting for the reward that's going to come later with God's people. He didn't just focus on the riches of Egypt and the temporal moment. He had it pretty good. He gave it up because he's hoping in heaven. By faith, they did these things. By faith, faith, they faced death. Looking ahead to the final future at the judgment and the resurrection, given the reward of eternal life in the new day. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Among other things, that's certainly true as it relates to heaven, ultimately true as it relates to heaven. Just as they all had faith to be rewarded with heaven for their Christian pilgrimage on earth, diligently seeking to serve him. Come what may in this world because it's about the next life. So must you. And so therefore will you be rewarded with nothing less than heaven and Jesus and the family of God. This we know by faith, belief, trust that God is true and what he says is true. By eyes of faith, not of sight. We see this truth by the Spirit, enlightening our ability to believe that God tells us this in the Bible. And this is why you are here every Lord's Day, heaven. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. But to be with the triune God forever in heaven. Psalm 16, speaking of the resurrection, saying that it is of Christ, as Peter recognizes in Acts chapter 2. It says, in, you did not leave me to be dead, my body. And he says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is what it's all about, beloved. It's about heaven. This is why you are here every Lord's Day. 
This is why you live and strive for the Lord every week. And this is why you take of the Lord's Supper every Sabbath morning to testify that your hope is in heaven. And what does it say? Quoting 1 Corinthians 11, as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come back from heaven as the angels said he will. How do you know this? Faith. Here's the, here's the great thing. You won't need faith in heaven. Faith is hoping in things you don't see. In heaven, you'll see face to face. You'll have heaven. You'll have Jesus. You'll have your beloved in Jesus. You'll have God face to face. There'll be no need for faith because you will see with your eyes. But until that time, you need faith in heaven. That is, you need faith that heaven exists and it is waiting for you. Your whole walk as a pilgrim on this earth is a walk of faith toward heaven that you do not yet see but believe in because you believe God by his spirit through his word. Here is what you believe by faith and one day will see with your own eyes. Westminster Large Catechism number 86. The communion and glory with Christ, which the members of the invisible church enjoy immediately after death is, and that their souls are then made perfect in holiness and received into the highest heavens, where they behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies, which even in death continue united to Christ and rest in their graves as in their beds till at the last day they be again united to their souls. Number 90. Westminster Larger Catechism number 90. This is what you believe. This is what is true. At the day of judgment, the righteous being caught up to Christ in the clouds. You know, pardon me, before I read that, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to skip over the last part of the last answer. In contrast to what is said of the righteous in Christ, whereas the souls of the wicked are at their death cast into hell, where they remain in torments and utter darkness and their bodies kept in their graves as in their prisons till the resurrection and judgment of the great day. Be ready to die at any moment in Christ. And recognize if you're in Christ what you are spared, not only what you gain. Both are places of waiting. One is waiting final execution which is an eternal execution. The other is waiting final glory and joy, which is eternal life. Question and answer 90 of the Westminster Larger Catechism. At the day of judgment, the righteous being caught up to Christ in the clouds shall be set on his right hand and there openly acknowledged and acquitted 
shall join with him in the judging of reprobate angels and men and shall be received into heaven where they shall be fully and forever freed from all sin and misery, filled with inconceivable joys, made perfectly holy and happy both in body and soul, in the company of innumerable saints and holy angels, but especially in the immediate vision and fruition of God the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Spirit to all eternity. And this is the perfect and full communion which the members of the invisible church shall enjoy with Christ in glory at the resurrection and day of judgment. So that's the highest degree of glory that even the saints in heaven are waiting for. And so we see in Revelation 6, the saints under the altar who have suffered for Christ, the martyrs, are praying to God, how long, O Lord, until you give us justice? How long, O Lord, until Jesus returns and conquers the earth? There's that anticipation of the greatest degree of glory, but even now, They're consciously waiting for it and rejoicing in God. For your your further encouragement, hear what Jesus says in John chapter 20, verse 29. Now he's speaking to doubting Thomas. It says, unless I see with my own eyes your hands pierced and your side pierced, I won't believe. And so Jesus shows up course we know Thomas at the end confesses my Lord and my God and Jesus says to Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed and in John chapter 17 verse 20 Jesus prays for you to be in heaven he prays uh, in his prayer That when he was about to go back to be with God in heaven, he prayed that he wants you Christians to be there with him to behold the glory that he enjoyed with his father in heaven before he came. He prays for that. Will the father ever deny the prayer of his son? As he represents believers as prophet, priest and king in our union with him, we are never denied that because Jesus himself has prayed for it. And as king, he declares it will be so. You haven't seen Jesus, who is in heaven, but you believe in him. And he is the truth. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And he tells you the truth about heaven. He is the bread of heaven, the manna of heaven. He tells you the truth about heaven, beloved, where your beloved in Christ who have gone before you are waiting for you. Hebrews 11, what does it tell us? All those people who suffered those things waiting on heaven, they are cheering you on right now from heaven. They are celebrating together, knowing you will finish the race. And beloved, they will welcome you. I think it's fair to say your family in Christ will welcome you. Wouldn't you want that privilege? Wouldn't you expect that normally here in this this place? 
You know, like we greet someone coming from the airplane. It's the family that's going to greet them. Others are glad they're coming. Look, you know, it's just, I think it's nice to think about. I'm not going to say I can proclaim this as truth, but I think it's something nice to consider. And it would make sense to me. Jesus, we know, is standing to greet Stephen. And I imagine Jesus is there to greet you in. But maybe some of your family members before you say, we've been waiting. It's about time. You ain't seen nothing. (laughs) You're going to love it. Come on in. And I, I really love to consider that uh, it was Dan that went first, right? Do I have that right? Or Tim? Tim that went first, the, the son. I really love to think about Tim who went to heaven just about 24 hours before his father was just waiting there. I mean, I don't want to talk about the pearly gates or certain, you know, a lot of those things are figurative. But I, however it works, isn't it a lovely thing to consider that he was there 24 hours before Dad, no more suffering, Dad. Look at this, Dad. And this is just the intermediate state. I mean, we're going to get our bodies back. And when we get them back, it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious to everyone else here. Boy, what Paul said is true. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is true. We walked by faith and now we see by sight. Look, Dad, look. And I think that they'll be uh, ushering us in that way also. It makes sense to me. I don't say thus saith the Lord, but I encourage you to be encouraged by those thoughts. If they're cheering for us from heaven right now. Beloved, don't be distracted off the narrow way that leads to life in Christ. Don't be drawn down in doubt. Heaven is real. You could say it's the greatest reality. And those who have died in the Lord are really living there right now. As soon as they close their eyes, they open them in heaven. We walk by faith and we know it's true. And when you last close your eyes on this earth, you will open them there in heaven. Immediate. And you will see them and you will hear them and you will speak to them. And then one day... When heaven is on earth with your resurrected bodies, you will hug and kiss them again. What's more, as you all look at Jesus together. And you say, I believe by faith and now by sight, I see you, the King of Kings, in all your glory as you reveal yourself in visions and revelation. You are indeed so Beautiful and wonderful and glorious, my King, the King of Kings. How glorious it is to be in your presence, Lord. In fact, as you're greeted, it won't, I imagine, be a terribly long time together because you'll just be turning together to worship Jesus face to face. What are we doing right now? We're walking by faith, worshiping by faith, not by sight. Although we have the blessing of seeing one another. One day we'll be worshiping Jesus face to face. So, beloved, sing these psalms regularly, thinking of the sheep of Christ who have gone before you, and that you will one day in Christ most certainly join him and them there. Psalm 73, verse 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward... 
receive me to glory. It's not talking about the last day. It's talking about my last day. You'll receive me to glory. Or as you sang in Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some of us have sang our beloved in Christ into heaven with those words. Beloved, don't strain in sorrow about what you cannot see. Believe it is true that it is better for them to be absent from us and there with Jesus. By faith, believe it, rest in it, have peace in it, look forward to it. Believe it will be for you and for me too. And until your eternal family reunion as the house and family of God in and with Christ, walk by faith in heaven. And that is the message for you this evening. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Beloved, walk by faith in heaven. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we believe. Help thou our unbelief. Increase our faith and let us walk by it with the certainty of the verses surrounding this verse and have great joy and hope where our beloved are. Though we mourn with one another for our loss, we do rejoice for them for their gain and what will be ours on the day appointed to bring us home to you and them in Christ and with Christ. Increase our faith and let us walk by it. Encourage that one day we will see you and our beloved in you face to face. We thank you for the encouragement of knowing You do all things well, and it is well for our beloved. And it is well for us as we look ahead to when you will bring us home. And we know, Lord, even then, with the saints in heaven, we yet still pray for your return, your judgment day and the resurrection, where we'll receive our spiritual bodies also. And enjoy the new heaven and the new earth where there will be no more death and there will be no more tears, and is described by John looking out over the ocean, separated from his beloved that are on earth. There'll be no more sea. That is, there'll be no more separation by death. We'll be together forever and ever, for your kingdom will reign forever. And so we do thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our king, for making us your subjects. We bow our knee and confess that you are our Lord. And we say, as your bride with the Spirit, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And all your people say, Amen.